O Lord, we seek your wisdom now that we may understand your word for us today. Transform us by your love, mold us in your mercy, and guide us in your grace. By the power of your Holy Spirit, shine a light that will illumine our darkness, that as the scriptures are read and your word proclaimed, that we may celebrate anew what you say to us this day. And let God's people say, Amen. Our scripture reading for today comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6, 27 through 38. But I say to you that listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you, and if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies, do good, and lend, expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great. And you will be children of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure you get back. So the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I know we weren't here last week, and if you want to catch the first message, it's online, or there's some printed copies of last week's sermon back there. But in this series, we are talking about being transformed. And today, we talk about being transformed to mercy. And part of that is that when we talk about being transformed, it means that we're not just doing something, but we are making it part of who we are. And if we're transformed to mercy, it means that we're not just being merciful when it's convenient, we're not just doing it as a routine action, but we are being merciful because it is who we have become. To get there... Jesus gives us what is a fairly often quoted way to get there, but is probably one of the most difficult teachings that we are given. The part we like to quote the most is, Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. The golden rule. Putting it into practice is the hard part. And it's hard because what we are told to do, love your enemies, pray for the people who want to do you harm. When somebody wants to take something from you, give them more. Put a blessing on the people who would curse you. And this is hard. And it's hard because 
our instinct is that if somebody does something to us, that we do something right back. That when somebody insults us, we insult them right back, and we one-up them, and then we are on top of things. And sometimes we pray for our enemies. Not always the prayer we should be praying. Sometimes we have the, Lord, I hope they get what's coming to them prayer. But Jesus gives us this very deep look at what it means to do for others what you want done for you. And he sets us in this place of, think about what it's like to be those other people. And think about how you would want to be treated. And some of the commands he gives go completely against the way that we think about things. Don't lend to people you expect to get paid back from. Lend to people who can't pay you back. So often we expect to get a return on everything that we do. That if we are going to give to somebody, we want to make sure that we give it to them and they're going to use it right. If we give to a charity, we check out all the things to make sure that it's going to be used well. And sometimes we give expecting our name to go up on a wall somewhere. And maybe it's one of those little stickers at the gas station. And we've got something to say, yes, I did this. But how often do we think about giving to somebody who hates us? On top of that, giving something good. And the thing is, is that when Jesus tells us to do this, some of it is to make sure that we are always doing what's right. And that we keep control of our actions by making sure that our actions honor God and all that we do. And part of that is being able to say, well, even if things get bad, I'm going to do what God wants me to do, and I'm not going to let anybody else dictate how I'm doing this. And some of that comes in the form of, if somebody wants to take the coat off your back, give them the shirt as well. Show them that they can't force you to do anything because they want to force you to give them one thing. Out of the goodness of your heart, you're going to give them more. Somebody makes you walk a mile, walk another one to say that you would love to help them. If somebody wants to force you into something, show them that they can't make you do anything because you will voluntarily do more than they asked. Because you're acting on behalf of God. And they can't take that from you. Now the other thing that does is it shows that there is something greater than the power of force. Force seems to be the one thing that we always fall back on. Well, if we can't get them to do the right thing, we'll force them to do it. And time and time again, we see how poorly that works out in the long run. But people are affected by kindness. You could do a hundred main things to somebody... And if somebody does them one kindness, they're going to remember that one kindness. And folks do it because chances are we're all going to be stuck in a place where 
we're not going to like the options we have and we're not going to like where we're at and we're not going to like the way things are going and we could use a helping hand. Maybe we've made some poor choices. And maybe it's led us to a place where we're not sure how to get out on our own. And we need somebody to help us. But if that's the case, then doesn't that mean we need to be looking out for all those people that are in that place right now? Those people right now that need that hand to help them get to where they need to be. Instead of judging people as to how they got to where they are, that we help them knowing that that could be us. That we help them knowing it's the right thing to do. Because the other part of this is that God actually makes this much easier for us. Because if you think about it, which one is easier? Judging somebody or loving them? Condemning someone or forgiving them? Because the thing about judgment is that once you do it, you have to live with the consequences. And once you condemn somebody, you have to take responsibility for the fact that you have condemned them. And whatever that punishment is, it's on you. But if you love someone, well, then you've loved them. You've loved them and you've shown kindness and you've done what you can to be a force for good. And what they do with that is on them. If you forgive somebody, whether or not they accept that forgiveness, it's on them. If you forgive someone, then you have let go of it in your heart, and it's now on them if they are going to turn their lives around or not. But you have done what you can to let it go. Jesus shows us the better part. Why spend your time hating people who hate you? Why spend your time holding a grudge against them and wanting to judge them and condemn them when you can just love them and say, if you can't love me back, then that's not my fault. Because I'm loving you as God loves me, and if God loves me, then God loves you too. And God doesn't ask me to be judge, jury, and executioner. No matter how often we might want to be, God reminds us that we don't have to be, and we are given the better part of loving. Because the thing is, is that once we judge somebody, as Christ says, then we have to expect to be judged. And I have yet to meet somebody that's not going to be judged for what they've done. Now, I have met plenty of people who have sought forgiveness for what they've done. I have met plenty of people who have turned their lives around. But if we ask to be judged, we will be judged. And if we ask to be condemned, we'll be condemned. So why would we ask for it? Why would we actively seek that out? when we also know that if we forgive, we will be forgiven. If we give, we will receive. 
Why would we want to seek out judgment for ourselves when we can seek out reconciliation? Why would we cling to despair when we are offered hope? I don't have to agree with everything that someone has done to love them. As a matter of fact, I don't have to agree with anything that they have done, anything that they have said, anything that they do to love them. Because that's a choice that we make. It's a choice that we make because the more that we make it, the more that we grow in God's mercy. And the more that we grow in that mercy, and the more that we live in that mercy, the more we become that mercy. And the more that we become it, the more that we walk in the path that God has set before us, free from sin and death, free from always worrying about judgment and condemnation because we have been set free. That instead of blaming a brother or sister, that we forgive them because we would expect them to give us. That even Jesus teaches us, he teaches us to pray that we want to be forgiven as we forgive. We are always given the choice to choose what is good. We are always given the choice to do what we can to make things better and not worse. Because it's easier for me to say, I love all of you, than to say, I want to judge each and every one of you. Because to love you, I don't even have to know any of those things. I don't have to try to figure out what you have done wrong and what you have done right because I can love you no matter what. I could choose to condemn you, but if I forgive you, then here we are. I forgive you and I hope you can forgive me. And now we're free. Christ sets us free that we don't have to dwell on all the negative, that we don't have to dwell on all the things that we get wrong. Because I can promise you, for every three things you can think of that you've done wrong, there's probably about two dozen that somebody else has noticed that we don't even realize. I know that there's a myriad of things that I need to be forgiven for because I didn't even realize I had done them. And even more, that I need to be forgiven for the things that I didn't do. But I know that God can. And I know that God does. And I know that God will. Because that mercy is great. And that love is enduring. Through all things. No matter who might try to tear us apart, no matter who might try to make us point fingers at each other and cause division, we are here together. No matter who might try to make us go in different ways, we are called to be here together in love and in mercy. To choose the better part and to be transformed together. I don't want to make that journey alone. I don't want to have to part ways because we couldn't find a way to care for each other. I don't want to ever be separated from somebody because we don't know how to love each other when all we have to do is remember that Christ loves 
each and every one of us, so there must be something there to love. And the mercy is that we do it not because we expect to get it back, but because it is its own reward in Christ. I pray that that mercy may transform all of our lives. That we may love more completely. That we may care more deeply and that we may love as God loves us. That we may transform the world in that love and that mercy. That we can change the darkness to light. That we can change the sorrow to joy. That we can change a world of hurt into a world free from pain. Because we are a people of love and mercy. Amen.